Welcome to the Inside Aesthetics podcast. We host real conversations with real experts from around the world. Away from the filtered bubble of social media, our aim is to educate listeners and explore any topic in the cosmetic and wellness space. We also get a unique insight into the business minds of the entrepreneurs and pioneers who have helped shape our industry. This podcast and its related publications provide news and general information about procedures and products. You should seek professional medical advice and assessment before considering any treatment. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by BTL Aesthetics. Now, Jake, we've spoken a lot about the M-Sculpt and the M-Seller machines and covered all of the amazing clinical data, but nothing's more powerful than actually having a treatment yourself. So BTL have been kind enough to extend an offer to IA listeners. Can you tell us what it's all about? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I was speaking to Gareth, who was on with us the podcast to talk about the devices. And, you know, we can sit here and talk about, like you said, increase in muscle mass and fat burning, etc. But I think the most powerful way of really demonstrating that is to actually experience the treatment. So Gareth and BTL have been super generous and said if anyone is sort of I guess local or I guess you could always fly in if you really wanted to but their little studio and workshop where they have some demo machines is in Kalara in North Sydney and Gareth has sort of done an open invitation so anyone who's sort of sat on the fence and thinking hmm not sure if to invest in this I'm still not fully decided will go and experience the treatment so either on the M-Sculpt or the M-Seller or both yeah you can't ask for more than that go and have the treatment yourself and um, experience some of the results that Jake keeps raving on about. <laughs> so <laughs> My new six-pack. Yeah, exactly. So if anyone wanting more information, you can reach out to BTL at www.btlaesthetics.com or reach out to Gareth Pepper directly at pepperg at btlnet.com. So that's Pepper, P-E-P-P-E-R-G for golf or Gareth at btlnet.com. And just mention that you heard about this offer on the Inside Aesthetics podcast and they will organize a treatment for you to test for yourself. Enjoy the podcast. Our guests today are Dr. John Holbrook and Dr. John Delaney from Fresh Clinics. John Delaney is an emergency department doctor working in multiple hospitals around Sydney. John Holbrook is a cosmetic physician and is also a GP trainee. Fresh Clinics provides a unique solution that connects doctors, nurses and patients together in the injectable space. Their system provides an online solution for prescriptions and compliance guidelines. Good morning, chaps. How are we? Very well. Good morning. morning. So it's, a triple, it's a Triple J show. John, John and Jake. Yeah. And David. American John, John Holbrook. <laughs> Thank you. Australian John, John Delaney. Good morning. Um, chaps, I've known you guys since hospital days. Um, tell us about how we met and, and just fill the listeners in on who the who you are. It, in the hospital? Yeah. Let's start from the start. I'll be, I don't know if you... You remember this, but I oh remember... Oh, God, this is an embarrassing story. No, look, I, I mean, I remember the first time... <clears throat> excuse me. I remember the first time that I met you would have been in the doctor's room, and it was late at night, and <laughs> we were probably both eating something that was terrible for both of us. And Right. Yeah, so it was a late... It was a rather late night. I think you were on call for gen surge or something to yeah. that degree, and I was on call for somebody I don't remember exactly, but... I have was, to admit, I don't remember, but that's I hope right. it was a good memory. It, it, indelible is what it was. An okay. indelible experience, Jake. Jake was a bit of a character at hospital, he, you might recall. Oh, God. I, so, so, God please so, we were, so we were... Please enlighten me. Well, we were... So, John, John and I uh, both went to medical school together, and then we started at a hospital in Sydney together as interns at RPA, Royal Prince Alfred, and Jake was a few years above us as a surgical registrar, and in the hospital... hospital uh, as a junior doctor, it's a lot like high school. It's very hierarchical, but the, the surgical registrars are very much the jocks. Very, um, you I'll know, take that. Strut, strut around, <laughs> very, admir- very admirable kind of characters. And um, and I have uh, I have memories of Jake and him strutting in with um, with a lot of bravado. And, and one, <laughs> nothing's remember, changed. I can tell you. I remember yes. one of the terms where I was doing. I, I was a junior doctor, and Jake was a bit more senior. And he and his colleagues, for some reason, decided to wear shorts on on that particular day. Do you remember that, Jake? <laughs> Yes, I do. Yours were particularly tight, as I recall. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta show the butt. Yeah. Um, but no. Uh, uh, so, so, so to, to answer your question, so you know, yeah, John and I met at medical school. Went to um, to a major teaching hospital together, where you do your formative years as a doctor, and we were friends in medical school and, and became closer friends throughout that time. And we're both, you know, both going through similar life experiences with kids and, and all that sort of stuff. And, um, and both of us met and became friends with Jake during that period. Um, and then 
uh, as we've gone through our medical careers, I'm um, progressing through my training as an emergency doctor. John's um, uh, progressing through the GP training phase, but also spends a lot of time, as, as a lot of your listeners would know, um, in the cosmetic space and, um, you know, uh, exhibiting a lot of skill and character there. Um, we've been working together as well on this this business that we're, we've been growing, um, which is Fresh Clinics. Absolutely. So what is Fresh Clinics for those who... In fact, let's let's start from the start. What What is uh, compliance? Because that's really what Fresh Clinics stands for, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the... If we can create pillars for ourselves, I think compliance is maybe one of those pillars. I think safety is a really big one, probably, to my mind, um, uh, the biggest, really. But compliance, safety... Um, you know, patient care, doing the right thing. I mean, really, as John and I, as we started, that was the discussion was actually, I, I think sort of naturally we came to this discussion of coming into a space that... It, um, Are you trying to say it's the Wild West cosmetic uh, and injectables? I'm <laughs> trying to delicately dance around that phrase. I think we should just address it. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's a weird world. It is weird, and, and it's <laughs> it, it seems like it's the Wild West a lot of the time. And we um, like we consider ourselves. I mean, we all are like we're doctors, and we take that role seriously. And and even within the cosmetic space, we take that very seriously and so we that idea of compliance that you talk about um you know we wanted to from the start say like look there's there are rules by which we all abide as doctors and nurses in which we agree to abide and they're ultimately there for reason and most of those reasons are good which you know usually surround um patient safety is a lot of it and and so um that's kind of i think where we where we came from and that was our and it continues to be like one of the things that we really care most about yeah yeah so if, if i may so john Please. touched on two really important issues there which is safety and compliance and they're completely different um things if you consider it so safety and um, patient safety is uh Immutable, unchangeable, everyone agrees on it. Everyone's looking for good patient outcomes and wants patient safety. And it's your basic and, sort of role as a doctor. That's your number one. <clears throat> Correct. And, and, and everyone can agree on those basic tenets of safety and what it means for the patient. Compliance is a different beast altogether. Compliance is the magic mumbo-jumbo that has been put together by people far distant from the cosmetic industry um, that says, here are the ho hoops that you have to jump through. Here is exactly how they have to be jumped through. <laughs> so we operate in those two spheres. And they're kind of interlinked in some ways. And sometimes the compliance issues overlap nicely with the safety issues. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. But we've had um, experience in both those fields. We've had patient safety experiences where we've gone out to um, actively treat active occlusions. Um, and you know, John, John in particular should take a lo lot of credit for that um, element. And we're building what we believe to be a, a pretty comprehensive safety net in the background to support mostly uh, filler clients mm -hmm. um, because that's that's to us is the, the most time-sensitive emergent risk that um, our clients, our patients face. Yeah. But then we also operate, as you mentioned, um, Fresh Clinics, <clears throat> a lot of what we offer is compliance as a service. And so we operate heavily in that space. We invest heavily in our legal infrastructure to make sure that when our clients who are <clears throat> sorry, it gets a bit confusing. So there's patients and there's, there's clients. So the clients at the clinics that, that use us for that, that compliance service. Yeah, the yeah. clinics when and they, the nurses. Yeah. When, and the nurses. So, so when they use us, when we generate that authority for the nurse to conduct their business, that the nurse knows that they're covered and they're protected. And if New South Wales Health come knocking or the insurers come knocking, whoever it might be, that the magical piece of paper that says, yes, you're okay to proceed, the meets, have meets all those criteria. It, you ju you've jumped through those those hoops and we take the responsibility to make sure those, that's all correct. Mm. What do you think the challenge is with, um, you know, we were talking about the cosmetic world, which is, I guess, emer emerged and grown so quickly to the point now where you've got clinics and shopping centres, people are getting going in and getting anti-wrinkle treatments done like they would they get a haircut or get their nails done. So I think that, well, actually, I'm looking to see what you guys think. Do you think that part of the reason we have these sort of issues is because a lot of people, patients out there, don't potentially see this as, as a medical procedure. It's become almost like 
like an extension of a beauty treatment. So there is this patients maybe not understanding that this is still medical, things can still go wrong. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great point to raise. And the, the retail um, commercialization of any aspect of medicine, <clears throat> and this is medicine and it is, it's an invasive treatment that has, can have really significant complications um, that has been commercialized and has been put in very much into the retail space. It, it comes, it butts up against, it's a, it's a kind of a cultural friction point where um, you're putting, uh, you're putting, uh, you know, retail price on something in a, in a shopping center. And so people think, well, hey, this is, this is probably okay. And this is probably all safe. And then all of a sudden you're having a phone call with a doctor who's having a chat to you about some potentially pretty serious complications. And so there is that, that friction at that point. And the, you, you raise the, the rapid nature in which the industry has grown. That's been divorced from medical oversight for, for a lot of that um, pathway. And, and I think that's probably caused a little bit of a gap between that patient safety that John and I have talked about and that I think most reasonable and responsible clinicians out there are, are keen on and some of the practices that have emerged. And so part of what we hope to do, um, I mean humbly, um, is to try to use the um, legal authority that flows through us as medical practitioners to try and just compel that, that gap to close and to bring that industry towards a more standardised, patient-focused, compliant um, uh, position that then regulators will look on us and say, and look on us as an industry and say, these guys are doing the right things. They're trying to do the right things for patient safety. They're ticking all those right boxes and jumping through all those right hoops. And we can let this industry continue to flourish as it has been because people love it. They have such a great appetite for this. It makes people feel good. Um, it's done, you know, across the country. Um, Australia's got such a voracious appetite for it, as we know. So I think we can all, as an industry, work hard towards those goals. That'll continue to lift what we're trying to do. Yeah, and I think as well, I mean, medicine has historically, it's been amazing in that as doctors, we've managed to largely self-regulate everywhere, um, which is a bit, unique you know we don't as a world let bankers sell well maybe they they buy their way into self-regulation but theor theoretically <laughs> there was know, an event in america not too long ago that uh <laughs> yes, yes but but uh you know in theory most industries they don't they don't self-regulate right it's yeah. it's it's frowned upon seriously but in in medicine uh, it's a bit unique in that we are largely um self-regulated and, and we've all sat through you know, those meetings in large teaching hospitals where, you you know, um, you, we go over mistakes that have been made and people yeah. take it very seriously. And, we self-critique ourselves uh, in a formal way yeah. rather than, oh my God, something's happened. Now I need to need to react. We, in hospital, you tend to just do it every month, yeah. good or bad. Yeah. yeah, that's right. People might not be aware of that. There's a meeting and its title is Morbidity and Mortality. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it sounds as serious and grave as it is. You sit down and you go through people who've had serious outcomes, including death. Um, someone presents cases for which that's occurred and everyone drills down into it and tries to get learnings out of it in a non-judgmental fashion. That's the sort of culture that I think um, You obviously breeds. haven't been to the surgical ones where yeah. the knives come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, in fact, I've been to a few of those, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that, that, that breeds a, a culture of self-reflection, a culture yeah. of safety, those sort of things. Yeah. yeah, and so I think in that same spirit, if I can, can call it that, I think the, you know, John spoke about the rapid nature, certainly in Australia, but it's worldwide as well, of the how it's emerged in this retail space and some of that is credit to some guests that you've had um, mm -hmm. on your show already um, but I think that the regulators at least it appears to me that you know they were sort of caught on the back foot and not really expecting yeah. that oh my gosh all of a sudden there's this multi-billion dollar industry in Australia that has appeared and and then you know, there's this case of that woman in Camperdown who was a clinic owner and, and she died a couple of, this was now be a couple of years ago, I think. But, yeah. um, and so it is like, it's serious business. And, and we, in that same spirit of wanting to self-regulate, you know, we, we think it's important that we, we are reflective on the, what's happening on the industry of, of our part in that as well, yep. but the industry at large and how can we improve that? How can we um, look after patient safety ultimately, but also 
you know, abide by the by the regulations or compliance, um, such that it reflects well on us um, as you know within the industry, and that and that we continue to be able to sort of self-regulate. Um, yeah, absolutely. Potentially part of the challenge, um, I guess I'm looking at it from like a non-medical perspective because I'm a patient, I I've, I've sort of have these treatments done, I own clinics that provide these treatments. But from a non-medical perspective, it seems like part of the challenge as well is that, we look, we can't stop this progress. People want these treatments. Telling people what they can and can't do generally doesn't go over too well and, and people will vote with their feet and you sort of can't... They'll, they'll also literally vote. Yeah, exactly right. So, I mean... It seems like it's here to stay. This is what people want. We just need to work together to get to a, a resolution that the regulators are happy, patients are getting good outcomes and, and safety is paramount. But it seems like part of the challenge is that everyone within the industry is trying to take each other down. So when something happens, like <coughs> this, this patient that had this awful situation in Camperdown, everyone starts attacking nurses. Yeah. And it's like, we need to, so, like, rather than like getting the knives out and trying to, you know, take mm. each other down for a lot of commercial advantage, let's be honest. I mean, mm. a lot of these people that are, are pushing for, you know, things like you know, against nurses and so on, they're, they're, look, there are some commercial, commercial reasons behind probably some of this stuff, but it's like, we need to work together because... It doesn't look good for anyone when we start. So it's a, it's yeah. a great, if, if I may, it's yes. a great point that you raise. So, so it's, it's a bit controversial. No, it's yeah. not, so, no. so, comp so competition <coughs> should be fierce yes. and it should be fought at the high street. People should be fi fighting for, uh, for clients based on price, service, quality, all those sorts of things. Patient safety should not be a, a, an issue of competition. Agreed. And so, so what, what I think that means is there should be behind the veneer of this um, retail-facing industry, there should be a comprehensive overarching um, safety net for patients that is without judgment, without um, uh, uh, competitive commercial um, conflicts yeah. that says, if you've got a, an acute complication, if you need help, just call yeah. and we will sort it out and we will refer you through to appropriate pathways, all that sort of stuff. Because yeah. it doesn't matter if you're... Um, patient was treated at clinic A or clinic B, yeah. if they have a devastating complication, it's on the front page of the Herald or, you know, your local paper, and it's it's going to um, cause a devastating impact on that patient. It's going to cause a devastating impact on the industry. So we, we, we think um, that, that that competition focus should be positive and for consumers. And, and I, I agree the sort of negative sentiment in the background could be eliminated. It's competition in the wrong place. Yeah. And a lot of people out there don't know the difference. I mean, you look at the average person might be watching, like reading the front page of a newspaper or watching a, a television show, they might not know the difference between a, a plastic surgeon or a cosmetic surgeon or a nurse or like they mm. just see complication. They had an anti-wrinkle or f patient died horrible. Like it looks mm. bad. It reflects bad on, on everyone. It Absolutely. It does. Yeah. 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 And, and as well, when, uh, when we started things, you know, we looked at the space as well and, and there is that choice of saying, look, I don't like this and I'm going to, you know, kick against this and I'm going to push back. And, and we sort of looked at it and thought, look, like that cat's out of the bag, you know, for better or for worse. And you can look at it in both ways. You know, this is how the industry has become. And there's a lot of money there. And again, for better for, and for worse, when there's money somewhere, it, you know, it changes things. It can influence things Absolutely. a lot. Yeah. It does. And so for us, the goal is, look, this is how it is. You know, we're certainly not... You know, maybe someday I'll be so big and grand that I can <laughs> I can dictate how you know policy is across the country. Seems unlikely, but what we want to do is say, okay, this is how it is. What is what can we do? Like John talks about to, you know, protect patient safety to make sure that we're doing the right things. Um, yeah, okay. I thought it'd be good if we sort of set the scene for maybe people who aren't even listening in Australia or people who've never had an anti wrinkle treatment or don't necessarily know exactly what we're talking about. So. We're talking about clinics who offer non-surgical treatments. So we're talking about anti-wrinkle treatments, dermal fillers, fat dissolving injections, and a number of other non-surgical yeah. uh, treatments. Now, who's injecting in Australia? Who are so, these providers? Certainly the figure that I've seen is about 60 to 70% of all injectables, all toxins and fillers are done by nurses. And uh, that's unique, I think. I know the UK is maybe a, a higher number, but some countries nurses are not allowed to inject. Yeah. In fact, many. Um, so I think Australia is kind of, in some ways, uh, the most, it's not the Wild West, I don't want to paint it in that way, but it's the most uh, diverse kind of injector group. A little more liberal, maybe. 
And yeah. we have that dynamic of having high street clinics, not boutiques, say, plastic surgeons. Mm. Does it, there's probably an interesting um, history to that, I think, that the sort of cultural phenomenon of this has emerged from the plastic surgeon and, and his or her nurse in their rooms doing some of these treatments. Yeah. The, the nurse would lean in and say, hey, you know, want to do 20 units of whatever, and the plastic surgeon <coughs> would say, that's fine. And that concept, you know, for listeners who are not in Australia, that concept has been stretched to that nurse is not in the same room anymore and they might be in a different geographical location and they do that that same consultation via a telephone, I, I should say a, a video call. So a telephone is not allowed, but a video call yeah. is allowed. So a video consultation will occur. And why does that have to happen? Can you just fill in people who don't understand why this doctor suddenly pops up on a phone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so the regulations in, in Australia, so medications are divided into different schedules all the way from uh, you know, very innocuous medications up to very serious and dangerous medications. There's eight schedules, I believe, 10 maybe. Um, schedule four medications are any medication for which uh, you require a prescription. Mm -hmm. And um, the uh, the fillers and the toxins and the other things that we've mentioned fall into that category, the schedule four. So they can only be used with a doctor's authority. Okay. There are some... Um, some subsets of uh, uh, nurse practitioners, dentists, that sort of thing, who also may have the authority depending on um, certain circumstances. But by and large, doctor authority allows the treatment of those um, medications. Yeah. The um, cultural thing in Australia where you've got a, a nurse who's administering the medication separate from the doctor who's authorising the medication um, has emerged and, and it, and it uh, helps that retail industry because yeah. it's obviously very expensive to have a, a doctor to sit around to authorise these treatments at a, a, you know, a, a shopping mall or whatever. What Just have not you. practical. Not practical. Yeah. Uh, um, and so, and so the, we, we now have a, a very large business that seems to be beloved by by the public, uh, I've I've heard that Australia does more of this, spends more money on this per capita than Americans. That's true. Um, so you know that that fits in with that that um, uh, that that sort of sense that Australia's really taken this up with gusto and really enjoys uh, the the people um, people really enjoy it. And so the the authority to treat needs to be provided by a doctor. Um, that doctor that consultation can happen by a video conference. And so what Fresh Clinics tries to do is to to enable that um, connection of what is a three-way clinical partnership, the patient, the nurse, the doctor. So the nurse <clears throat> has a chat to the patient, gets the clinical history, will make a video phone call to the doctor and relays that clinical history. The nurse will often then make a treatment suggestion. That treatment recommendation though and the authorization comes from the doctor as per the regulations. That's what that's the way that that would work. Yep. And then and a written treatment authority needs to be generated so that, that after the patient has... Um, after the verbal authority has been given, a, a written treatment authorization will arrive with that clinic for that nurse. So for future reference, again, uh, you know, regulators, insurers, um, the overarching authority bodies in Australia, they're going to need to see that, particularly if there's any complications. And so if you're, uh, if you're a nurse and you're um, you know, interested in your protections for your career and, um, and your patients, then it's very important to make sure that you're getting the correct authorities. So that, yeah. that's what we try to provide. And that's also been called a script or a prescription. Yeah, interesting. So, that, that's, yeah, so, that, interesting so this point. is a very dynamic area of the of the industry at the moment. Um, so we we're from New South Wales, and so most of the lead we take on these regulations come from the New South Wales Department of Health, who typically tend to be the most strict of all of the states. And so, if you're taking your lead from them, that's that's reassuring. Although there are some jurisdictional differences. Um, until recently, the view of New South Wales Health was a bit unclear. We, um, we, we had clinics that we serviced who were um, uh, raided, probably a dramatic word, were investigated or um, inspected. Inspected yeah, by, a good word. <laughs> yeah. by New South Wales Health who, who um, <clears throat> gave, gave everyone a stern word about the fact that the prescriptions that were there weren't um, up to their spec, uh, and including a whole, a whole list of things that they needed. And they, they insisted on having a, a video consult every time. And we're, we're always, we always want to heed the regulators based on those two pillars of safety and compliance that we're dealing with. Yeah. So we, we made a change and we're doing a, a, a video consultation every time and insisting on it, uh, a bit, bit to our detriment, to be honest, um, from a business point of view, because it was a friction point for, for clients. And, and so that was a bit difficult. We had to have that hard discussion regularly with clients about why we did it and others didn't. Yes. Recently, there's been a release of a draft discussion paper um, 
I don't know if we can put that on show notes for the the show, but um, and your your readers can review. Yeah, it if, we can if put they're a link in, on our story. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, if yeah. they're interested, um, and that that for the first time revealed um, a bit of the thinking that New South Wales Health have come to about um, the compliance element of what we do, and the most interesting feature, which was new that had never been really discussed before, that actually what we provide isn't a prescription at all. A prescription necessitates the involvement of a pharmacist. And this has always sat a bit uneasily with me. And so what is being given is a treatment authorization. Yes. The treatment authorization is not governed by the same rules as a prescription. A prescription has very, very strict criteria around it. Treatment authorization is a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but what has come out from that draft regulation is that a treatment authorization is um, fine. You don't need a hand signed copy. Um, it's sufficient to do it with a telemedicine prescription as has already been known. Um, the hard copy does not need to be um, stored. An electronic copy is okay. An electronic authorization is okay. Yep. So all of the th- these things we've had incorporated into our system and we are incorporating into our system and we continually reinvest to make sure that we are um, on point yeah. with exactly what the regulators are after. So that, that's been a really interesting change recently um, and we, we expect that more will come to light with that as the draft regulations come into law, possibly later in the year. How do you think that's going to impact on your business, David? Ooh, in what in what capacity? Well, will it change anything that you can see? Mm, I don't think so, really. I mean, I think that like LCA is over the top compliant, and they do more than what they need to. So I know that you know we we basically get a script for every time we see a patient within a twelve month period, um, if if their um, dosage or treatment plan changes. So for example, if you come in for say twenty units of a certain anti-wrinkle treatment and then you come in, you know, six months later for exactly the same number of units in the same area, I don't think we require another script. And, but, that, and that's but, okay. But if you do change, so say they come back in three, six months time and they have anti wrinkle but they get forty units or it's in a different area, then we require a new script. And that's the way that we yeah, do it. Yeah, so, that, so that's correct. Yeah. That's the legal advice that we've yeah. also, I mean, it, reading the regulations, we would agree, but again, we're not lawyers. Yeah. And so we've actually, we have a lawyer, a law firm that we use and that we trust and they're well experienced within the cosmetic space mm-hmm. and the advice that they've given us as well is um but I think Some what you're that. saying quite rightly is that there is a lot of gray area in all of this. And so we... You know, as doctors and you guys running a business, you don't know what rule book you're playing by. That's half of the problem. So it's great that these new proposals have have come out to clarify some of so that. So for, for you, Dave, and for any clinic owners yeah. out there, I'd really encourage that you have a look at the draft regulations because there are specific new requirements for clinic owners. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they've created within this as, as a proposed new class. I can't remember the, the precise wording, but essentially the you know, all these regulations are about is, is apportioning liability and apportioning responsibility. And they've created a new class for clinic owner. Right. So they're um, in, in previous iterations of these, of the legislation, if there was, um, you know, mishandling of the S4 product, if it wasn't stored correctly, if it went missing, that sort of stuff, if the safety um, equipment on hand wasn't um, as required, the people who would be in trouble for that were the nurse and the doctor. That's being changed with this new draft legislation. So included in the people who are then responsible is the clinic owner. So there will be new responsibilities for those who own and operate these sort of clinics. As they should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because I mean, if you've got, say, um, you know, someone like Jake coming into a clinic and I'm not providing him with safety equipment, you know, having EpiPens on site, oxygen, all those sorts of things, and he has a situation that occurs and I, as the business owner, haven't provided those things for him, then it makes sense that there would be some liability that would fall back on the person that provides those, Hmm. those pieces of equipment. Yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. How do you find patients respond to having a telehealth um, <laughs> consultation? Uh, because I guess it maybe depends on the age of the person, right? Like someone perhaps like my mum, for example, who's maybe a little more conservative might go, oh, well, this is a bit weird. Why is a doctor on the screen? Whereas younger people might just be like, this is this is just the way things are these days. How, how, does, how does that work? Look, I find that as with anything, there's the, – thank you. As with anything, there's a bit of, of variation, of course. Um we talked about that it's become, you know, people go and they get their their nails done mm-hmm. and, and go and get their, their anti-wrinkle injections done. And it's mm-hmm. and it's been very normalized in that way. And so, you know, there are certainly patients. And I, I know that there are clinics and nurses that refer to their clients as clients. And I, part of it is for my own 
way of thinking. I refer to them as patients. It's just a reminder to myself that ultimately it, it, it remains a medical uh, procedure. Yeah. Um, but so these, you know, some of these patients are like, why the heck am I talking to this guy for? <laughs> and, um, you know, and I, we try really hard to, as with any sort of, you know, doctor patient relationship to have that be very positive and very pleasant as well, of course. And, um, but some people are a bit bemused by the whole thing. Some people are confused by it. Some people are, you know, well versed in, in the way that that's how things go and they're mm -hmm. totally fine with it. Um, some people are cranky. Some people are definitely cranky. Some people refuse to look at the you know look at the phone but oh, well, you're a pretty good looking guy oh, that's why they wouldn't want to I, I think my, mother, my mother would agree with you thank you <laughs> you know we, we, we've all scripted and I, I think if you just explain what it is it's a legal requirement Precisely. the nurse is fully uh, qualified and capable it's 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 uh, it's just a process then people go oh okay because there, there's always this perception or, or at least from some of the patients that hold on is she qualified to do this or is yeah. this nurse qualified sure. to do this and that's just a uh, you know just a misnomer I guess. I think people understand the um, the nature of the compliance hoop that, you know, you you buy insurance online, they, they say, we're going to have to go through the T's and C's or whatever, and they spit out that thing at you is jumping through that hoop. Same thing applies. So my, so exactly, Jake, my, my spiel is often, it begins with, you know, I'm, I'm John, I'm the doctor authorizing this treatment. You're in good hands. Yeah. We just have to have a chat as part of the regulations. Mm. It's a bit like... Um, getting on the plane and they do the whole yeah. Precisely, yeah. Uh, yeah, thing yeah. and no one no one <laughs> sort of watches yeah. it yeah. but it has to happen every but time it's, it's a dance that they can say that they've danced <laughs> for you and, and then therefore everything's okay exactly yeah. and look and, and most of the time you know very much most of the time it's 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 fine in terms of outcomes and it's uh, there are no issues but what I sometimes will say is that you know anybody can do this you can go you can pick up some random person on the street corner and they can they can do this for you and, and that's not necessarily um the issue but you'll be really grateful that you've got you know actual real medical backing in the event that something does go wrong and yeah. again it's uncommon but you know i've been down in again not even my patient not someone that i was involved with but ended up sort of getting involved with and and down in a clinic till two in the morning mm. trying to sort things out and thankfully like it was fine in the yeah. end, you know, but it like, it's when it's serious, it's serious. And, and that's why that medical presence is, is and important. I think every now and then I have to give some medical advice to the patient prior to the treatment that may or may not relate to the treatment at all. <laughs> so they'll, so they'll talk about the medication they're taking or whatever. And, you know, sometimes patients will have done something and I, I say, don't do that. That's a bad idea. You know, they might've, you know, for, for those medical, they'll have some heart valve and they've stopped their anticoagulation or something because they want to get their treatment. Yes. And that, you know, some advice yeah. needs to be given on the spot to intervene to say that that choice you've made is dangerous. You know, yep. you need to go back and talk to X, Y, Z. And, and so very rarely there, there is that, that, that um, moment where it's it's quite a good thing. It's safety netting, isn't doc it? Doctors are involved to safety net it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, not to do this to death, but just to finish off on the um, FaceTime or the telemedicine. So, you know, we've sort of maybe trivialized and said it's just a, a manda mandatory thing, but what are the doctor's duties? What should he be or she be doing on the phone to make it a legal sort of uh, interaction? Yeah, I mean, in, in reality, it, it really isn't any different than a consultation you'd have if, if you were sitting, you know, next to a, a patient in, in your rooms or wherever. Yeah. Um, and so just making sure that there's an establishment of relationships of who the patient is, of who you are, um, you know, getting past medical history, medications, any sort of relevant uh, medical things uh, is important as part of it as well. Um, to us, probably uh, one of the things that we've... Uh, make sure that we always focus on in part because um, it's important and in part because uh, we, to be sure that it is actually said and to be sure that the patient has heard it, you know, they may or may not have signed something that outlines some of the risks and the nurse, although we, as part of our um, clinical expectations for any uh, nurses that we work with, it's one of the things that we would require is that 
that they discuss these risks with the patient, but is that we then also outline any sort of yeah. significant and, and common risks that, that they may encounter with the procedure that's going to be done. Okay, perfect. The, the, um, yeah, I mean, the concept of telehealth is not new, though, is it? I mean, no, this has been around for no, a while. I mean, yeah. nurses going into nursing homes and even in the hospitals exactly. a lot of the time, like yeah. doctors aren't there and nurses are calling or junior doctors are calling senior doctors for advice. And yeah. so this whole asking for advice remotely or getting permission to do things is not is not peculiar to cosmetics. No, and in fact, the so so where you, you asked before what the legal requirements are, and it's uh, it's not particularly legal in the sense that it's legislated. Yes. But the but doctors, as you would well know, Jake, so doctors are governed by a series of guidelines that are put out by the um, Australian Medical Association. Um, and so those guys have guidelines on telehealth, telemedicine consultations, including video consultations, and the sort of things that we would need, the sort of boxes we would need to tick. Um, they have uh, guidelines around what is good practice yeah. in, in medicine generally, and so what would constitute that, and, and therefore what would get you in trouble if you weren't doing. Yes. Um, and they have guidelines around specifically cosmetics and the sorts of things that um, again, would get you in trouble from from the um, the medical board who oversees our registration. And so, what what is on the line when we do a consultation um, is that that medical registration that we have our authority to to um, authorize these treatments. Yeah. So you know the sorts of boxes that we're ticking. It's it's about patient safety. Yes. It's about ensuring that the nurse is covered. If there's a complication and that patient says, "Hey, you know, you never mentioned that," well, we make sure we mention it as well. But it's also about covering ourselves and making sure that we're safe. And if, again, if something comes back, we we've said you know that 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 occlusion might have occurred, and these this is what to look out for if that occlusion occurs. Those sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's move on from scripting. It's a bit dry, isn't it? Yeah. And and, <laughs> and the last my last thing is that we again as sort of a, a a change in our thinking. I don't suspect that scripting that word is going to stick around for a while. We, I think, we try to use you know treatment authorizations or, or but it, colloquially that's you know the word that's used, and so sometimes we continue to slip it out. But yeah, I think in some ways that 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 change of thinking in terms of authorizations is good. Yeah. The other thing, lastly, I'd add in the video consult <clears throat> that we really try to do is to just be nice. Uh, I think it helps. <laughs> you know, I think it's like. It's this uh, hierarchical medicine thing where there's doctors and there's nurses and it's all very, you know, uh, structured. But this is this is much more free flowing. It's much more of an interaction between equals in a in a uh, a treatment relationship. And yes, we've got to be consulted to provide that authority. But the nurses on the ground, the nurses providing a treatment suggestion based on their assessment of the patient there and then. And we appreciate that you guys are skilled. You know, many in many instances, small business owners as well as practitioners. And so we're you know. We're here to, uh, and we appreciate that we're kind of part of that, the the branding journey that the mm -hmm. patient has when they come to your clinic. Yeah. We're part of that. The patient doesn't know that we're separate and we're different and all that sort of stuff. We're, we're part of that for them. And so we know that and we we do our best and we, we try to encourage the doctors who work under our umbrella to um, to give that eye contact, to, to give that pleasant tone of voice and to listen, to ask for questions, um, take the time to ensure that that patient feels like they've been heard, that the consultation has a little bit of meaning. It's not, not this sort of flippant, trivial thing. Um, uh, and, and, you know, try to, try to convey that a little bit. So the days of uh, a scrub nurse holding a phone to a plastic surgeon's face while she's operating going, yep, yeah, that's fine. No yeah. questions. <laughs> that's right. I've gone. That's well, right. I mean, it, it may still occur, but with, yeah. With, with us, but, yes. Yeah. Mm. Okay, good. So in terms of what you guys do, so I know that like, for example, like Jake provides scripting for a team of nurses that work under him. So what is it that you guys do that is different from what's already out there? Like what's unique about what you guys do? We try to be nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, hear that, Jake? You've got to be nice. Yeah. So, Lovely. So we, so we, like a lot of what we focus on is a tech solution to connect doctors, nurses, and patients. Right. Um, so uh, you know, it's 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 a cliche, but it's kind of an easy concept to understand. Is is an Uber concept? Yeah. Where you've got buyers and sellers, and you need a technology solution to connect the two. Um, to date, the difficulty that the market has had in getting doctors to provide authorities to patients is that doctors, by and large, don't want to do this. Doctors have spent a lot of time to build their careers in whatever they want to do, and they're off doing it. And so to get a doctor to full-time script is kind of hard. Either they're busy pursuing their cosmetic career themselves or they're busy pursuing their other medical career and they don't want to get involved in cosmetics. What we propose, the sort of model and, and the way we've shifted it, is to get a tech solution that allows doctors to tap in, tap out, 
um, take a few calls when they're free for a couple of hours. And then if they're not free, they just set their availability on our on-call website um, and they're, they're, they're not available. But we've got a, a, enough of a um, volume of doctors that nurses know that they can go on, check on our on-call website. There'll be live dynamic availability so they know the doctor's available. They're not going to call, call, call 40 minutes later, still can't get onto someone. We pride ourselves on answering the call. Our doctors are available. The tech solution is really simple so they can get in, get in touch with the doctor, do their sufficient quick clinical handover, the doctor does a sufficient um, consultation, the treatment authority is provided, treatment continues, um, business goes on. In the background, we automate all the documentation, all the billing, all that sort of stuff. So that'll happen seamlessly without anyone having to get involved or break a big sweat. So we, we've tried to take you know, a little bit of that tech startup kind of Silicon Valley idea. I mean, again, kind of humbly, we're a long way from Silicon Valley, but we've, we've tried to implement that into a space which has been lacking a little bit of that um, vitality, that rigor to try and, you know, take advantage of all that great technology that we've got nowadays. Um, and so we've used that and I think that's, that's sort of built our success a little bit in, in terms of simplicity and making it easy, combining that with, um, you know, really strong legal expertise. We, we've invested really heavily to make sure that what we're doing protects everyone um, and actually you know, specific um, cosmetic expertise. So that's that's something that's, that's reasonably unique. I mean, you, a lot of a lot of services are out there that'll literally provide you with the paper piece of paper. But if you get in trouble or if you have questions, it's difficult to get that um, reliable cosmetic advice. Now, are all of our doctors really specially cosmetically trained? No, they're not. And I think it's probably unreasonable to expect a high volume of doctors to be able to take your everyday calls. Um, I mean, we give them a baseline training and they understand complications. If you've got sophisticated questions, so we've got um, dedicated specialist cosmetic um, doctors available to help you out, and most notably John. Um, no, there's mothers beyond me, but yeah, and I'm, I'm part of that is I'm always happy to, I have this discussion with nurses. I mean, am I busy? Yes, of course, like we are all busy. Um, but I am more than happy, whether I was involved in that or not, to sort of be that medical back and to say, hey, um, you know, if if there's if you have a question, please like let me know. It's it's important to me. Um, it's important to me because I'm a doctor and and I want people to be safe. I mean, that's sort of at times in medicine we can all be a little bit disillusion but when we first started I mean, that's the goal right we're trying to help people out going back to the plane analogy if you could it's for a doctor on the plane and, and you're not working you're still involved yeah. it's a holistic view of you know if you can give some knowledge even if you're not necessarily involved then that that's a good thing i think yeah, yeah. so i mean from that from that perspective there's that you know we, we have that <coughs> that backing and that's mm. it, we can maybe a little bit later talk about the idea of building some consensus, John talked about it earlier about, you know, trying to get, uh, not competing in the safety space and, mm. and we can revisit that. But I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was quite, quite challenging for you guys initially with the chicken or the egg because you would have to have a critical mass of doctors ready to roll so that when nurse X calls that someone's going to pick up. So <clears> it's almost like you have to build the infrastructure and and. And, and the resources before you actually had patients. And that would have been expensive, a lot of risk, I'm so, assuming. Look, in the early days, it was the John and John show. Yeah, so, right. So it was either John or John who was on call all the time. <laughs> Please right. tell me you answered some phone calls on the toilet. No, <laughs> never. We, we, have, I, have I ever taken a call in Bunnings? Never. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, that was how we built it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it, was, was a, it was a, you know, John and I work other, we, we work uh, our, our other careers as, yeah. as well. So it was, that was a juggle initially. And yeah. we, we used a lot of, um, uh, you know, to get back to that sort of startup talk, we used a lot of bootstrapping of just yeah. kind of making it work, um, you know, gaffer taping kind of different things together. And, and with that, built ourselves a system, built ourselves a bit of a following of being people who are nice, people who answered the phone. It doesn't take much, honestly, yeah. um, for people to be saying, hey, you guys are really great. You actually yeah. answer the phone and you smile <laughs> and you talk to the patient. It's not that hard. Yeah. And so with with that effort, um, you know, we've been going for 18 months or something like that. Um, we've then built you know, a bit of a reputation as people who, who will answer the phone. And, and that that leads to call volumes and call volumes lead to a bit of an acquisition of yeah. more doctors and um, and, and that the capacity that we have to offer doctors a flexibility that, you know, you don't have to come and say, I'm on all day, all day Thursday, I'm not doing anything else. You know, you just tap in, tap out. You've got, we've got that on-call website. If you've got to go shopping, walk the dog, you know, take the kids out to something, you just mark yourself as unavailable and, and hopefully the calls don't come through. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's how we're trying to build it. Yeah, that sounds, that yeah, sounds really, is. really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Is, but we're still, and there's lots that we are currently 
building and that we're and that we're creating and so and we look forward to that just because it enables us to do a better job as part of it it enables us to to i think meet the needs of uh, the nurses that are out there meet the needs of the doctors that are required and um yeah so like there's there's lots that we're working on mm. um, yeah how does it work? If you, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, we can tell you some of it, but some of it is just more of a, it, it is creating a, a more efficient system, a better system. There'll be, we think the system we have that we've uh, kind of thrown together works fairly well, but this is, you know, sort of, if we go back, uh, it it is very presumptuous, presumptuous of us to sort of use the name of Silicon Valley, but we'll do it anyway, is that, you know, in that sort of Silicon Valley type uh, way of putting together, you know, a, a platform, if you want to call it that, and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, in, an app, which includes all, all of these things that we've discussed and and more as well, and kind of just makes it... Mm -hmm. There's universal problems that, that I think a lot of practitioners in the industry face, doctors and nurses and clinic owners, in that, you know, documentation is a bit of a pain, but you've got to do it. Um, ordering, you know, getting that authority, um, getting the right documentation in place, making that call, <clears throat> having that all recorded, having the right authority available when you want it. All that sort of stuff's kind of difficult and it's a bit of a pain and people maybe are um, not doing it as well as they should because it does take time. It does take effort. Um, but a lot of that's just automation and tech. You know, a lot, there's, what, what, what's great about to living today is a lot of that stuff, you don't necessarily need a human being to do if you can get the right kind of software program. Yep. So we're building, we're trying to build what we think is the right software program around that. Yep. So it's going to be something that will help doctors to, you know, automate uh, billings and documentation and, and help nurses to automate the same, um, connect doctors, nurses together, help people to procure stock and manage inventory and all that sort of stuff. You know, it can all be integrated and it can all be really easy. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, getting that investment. You're quite right. You know, you've got to, you've got to spend up front, make mm. sure that it all works. Mm. Um, it's going to be B2B and people are going to be relying on it for their, for their business. But if, if we can get that out, um, down and get that out there, that's, that's sort of what we're building in the background. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you say it quite casually, but I've seen what's happening in the background and, you know, I reckon we, whatsapp every day now about something because we just chat about the industry and i think what you're doing is really impressive and you've obviously really looked at the landscape you haven't just decided oh we've got this idea you've really done a lot of homework so yeah a lot of when i personally hear the word investment i think of money right that's the you think oh like money but it in fact while there is that, um, it's really the, the time and the effort that yeah. we've put a lot into it. Um, Sweat equity. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. In, 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 uh, yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. So. Yeah. The the other thing I'd like to, to add to that is is um, from from your point, Jake, is that a lot of it's based on dynamic market feedback that we've had from what we've iterated already. This what we've had out in the market, which has had a lot of in, a lot of engagement from nurses um, and clinic owners. We've taken the feedback that they've given it. It, us to evolve what we're producing so this isn't this isn't something that we've sort of plucked and said hey i think this will work this is actually market honed yeah so it, it's it's coming to it's coming to the industry um with a, with workflows embedded in it that we know work that work for people because people have told us that that's how they want to work yeah so ho hopefully it'll it'll have you know a minimum amount of friction when it lands because it's sort of market tested and ready to go mm, perfect and you guys are in new south wales only at the moment <laughs> so, or you go all around australia no we've got doctors um all around australia okay. so the two of us as we sit here indeed yeah. are, are, are in new south wales but we have doctors so how do you country. guys um manage complex complications as to like serious complications say with vascular occlusion or you've got some you know major infection even even something that's like a really bad aesthetic outcome where someone just looks horrendous how do you guys physically if it gets to that how do you support those those nurses in those situations so i think uh, there's probably two things to talk about that one is um the practicality of, of what we do now and then the second is that idea of consensus of that i want to talk about about building but you know thankfully most complications are managed pretty easily and in fact most of them are managed um remotely pretty easily in terms of it's easy to support you know the nurse who is there via uh, you know video conference and like basically just make sure that the outcome is is okay um which is for which i am grateful for now above and beyond that um you know 
we have boots on the ground, so that is important and it's um, helpful. And um, and and then thankfully, I mean, you know, medicine exists already, and there is already, you know, there are referral pathways if something you know were to happen. So so that that exists. Uh, yeah. So there's the short term, immediate. <clears throat> you know, you need you need assistance now, which which we can provide through that boots on the ground strategy. You know, we have doctors in market um, mm-hmm. and we have, you know, specialist doctors available to, to get there if you need it. Then there's the medium to long-term, like how does this patient get followed up? How do I get a, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a nurse clinic owner and I get a complication, uh, and that gets resolved, but you know, there's there's a residual deficit. There's something that needs to be looked after. Where do I go from there? What do I do? We can assist with that too. You know, plastic fer- plastic surgery, dermatology referrals. Again, you actually need a doctor to just kind of authorize and facilitate that sort of stuff. So we we can manage that as well. Yeah. The in terms of I mean, Jake in the past, we've um, talked a little bit about, about um, the Netherlands, and they have an interesting model, which I know a little bit about, and and should know more about, but that's, um, which is that to my understanding, you know, they have essentially what is a, a, a center of excellence, right? That in their country, that if there is any sort of complication that, that those complications that are, you know, not easily managed immediately, that those complications are then, uh, referred to, you know, sort of a, uh, their center of excellence to deal with that. And, um, Yanni, uh, was where I first, forgive me, Yanni, if you ever hear this, you probably won't, but, uh, Yanni's a doctor in, in, he probably will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't remember Yanni's last name is, is why I asked forgiveness, but uh, uh, was where I first heard about this. And, and they, uh, geographically, of course, the Netherlands is a fair bit different than Australia. Um, yeah. But that idea to me is actually really important. Uh, that idea of, you know, in spite of the fact that Australia is, has a, is a large landmass, like, you know, having a center of excellence or having uh, us coming together as clinicians, as, as doctors and saying, you know, not competing in that space, but actually saying, look, these are important for the patients. And in fact, medically, it actually is, it, it becomes quite interesting. Um, I, that is something that to me is, is a, 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 I would love to be a very small part of, I'm not suggesting that I'm, I'm the one, um, in fact, I'd, I'd rather not be, but, uh, but of creating that, you know, sort of center of excellence where uh, if something goes wrong, that there's that, you know, that like, oh, great, like here is where, you know, this is where we can go. Um, yeah, it's Dr. Yanni Van Longham. Yanni Van Longham. <laughs> well, I don't blame you for not being able to remember that last yeah. name. It's got a few syllables in it. So. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a good, he's a good one. <laughs> yeah. um, I think what you're really saying, and again, we've discussed this so many times um, on WhatsApp groups is that it's almost remedicalizing what is already medicine, but is sort of forgotten. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I sort of use the analogy, and maybe this is wrong, where if you're a nurse practitioner, or, or sorry, a nurse, and, and you're out somewhere and you need support, it's almost like having car insurance. If you crash your car, you, you need a, a system that you just get help. And everyone has that thing. Mm, yeah. Rather than some people have it, some people don't, some people don't know where to go to. I think... That, that's the, the gray area yeah. that is, yeah, so is t- making it unsafe. You talk about risk mitigation. Uh, you know, in the instance where you've got a um, a low probability but high consequence outcome, insurance is what you do. Like you, you know, you do your your uh, indemnity insurance. Yeah. Sure, but what about your what about your safety insurance? What about your um, need to rectify what is a really urgent issue really yes. quickly with the right sort of skills? Yeah. If you don't. If that's not forethought and, and systems put in place, safety nets put in place, that potentially could be a real scramble at the time when the clock is ticking that you're, you're making frantic phone calls around trying to find someone who can help you. Um, I think yeah, a reasonable system in place that's there, that there's a number, you know who to call, yeah. Um, yeah. a system, you know, you, you call that number, wheels just start spinning in the background that that end up putting solutions in front of you. Mm. And, and we've got a great... Sort of team member of ours who is helping us to um, who well who we you know created basically like an after hours um, service to make sure that, that we're trialing among our own nurses yeah. um, to make sure that you know there's always somebody that is there on the other end. I unfortunately don't uh, have my phone on mute anymore in the middle of the night, <laughs> and so occasionally I'm woken by overseas messages uh, that, that buzz, but but it's because of this. Um, yeah, because when does the occlusion happen, right? 4 p.m. Saturday. 
Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? As it's like you know the law of the universe is it yeah. always in the hospital. New, bad New things Year's always. Eve, Christmas, Christmas. Exactly. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but we have that again. That we are sort of traveling with our nurses uh, is that after hours support, but that's something that we are interested in in opening up to everybody. I mean, ultimately, again, like a collaborative effort is really what we're interested in, um, and that. Uh, because we we think it's the right thing to do. We think it's interesting medically as well, um, you know. And, and the idea of creating something that's better for everyone in the industry and and any patients as well is uh, is something that really interests us. And so, yeah, it's how do you sort of envisage envisage it looking? Do you imagine you'd be driving around in a Ghostbusters sort of van <laughs> with John and John filler dissolving services? Precisely. Or, or do you think that you'll set up a network of doctors in each capital city with that skill set who you can say, hey, we've got a call from Brizzy. Can you please what, call what, this person? What, exactly. Like in, in, in a second, you've come up with a really reasonable plan because the, the answer is this is not reinventing the wheel. This is done. Yeah. You know, med medicine... Uh, has on-call rosters for everything. Yes. They have um, uh, complication management systems in place for everything. Yeah. This is medical. Let's let's implement that. Uh, yep. let's, let's get a national network. Let's get a centralized referral center. You call one number, you know, I'm in, I'm in Brisbane and I've had a complication. Great, no problem. I'm going to connect you to the on-call doctor, Dr. Smith. Bang. Yeah. Done. That, that's, that's, that's the, the goal, that's the vision, it? right? Yeah. You know, the, the commercial detail and how that all works out, don't know yet. We're still working on that. But yeah, like, it's it's a pretty simple system. I've got. I'm in trouble. I need help. Yeah. Great. We'll put you in touch with someone who can help you. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. it's that simple. So, how, what does this look like for a potential a clinic owner or a nurse that's looking to bring fresh into their business? So, how does this look in terms of engaging with you guys? What's it cost? Just mm. some of the details for people that might be interested in. Hey, this sounds great. Let's bring it in. Um, well, so. Yeah, sure. We can we can um, talk a little bit about that. That'd be that'd be great. So so we've we've got a website for freshclinics.com.au. Mm -hmm. um, if you go on there, there's there's you know, sort of information about um, us and and what we do. And there's a sign up form. You can sign up as a clinic, sign up as a nurse. If you're a um, a nurse who also owns a clinic, you got to got to do mm -hmm. both forms. Um, <clears throat> but then then we onboard you pretty quickly, and there's no cost to onboard. It's free to do so. You know, if you want to use us as a backup and try us out, absolutely fine. Um, scripts cost twenty five dollars per. Um, that's per consultation. A script lasts for 12 months for same treatment, same patient, um, uh, same nurse. Um, what about same treatment parameters in areas and things like yeah, that? Yeah, so same same treatment parameters. Yep, yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah, so so you'll get you'll get a treatment authority that will be specific to, you know, one mil of X in yep. ellipse um, uh, done by by nurse X mm -hmm. um, to patient Y yep. and no changes in patient um, right. uh uh, characteristics over that next 12 months, you can do it again. Mm -hmm. you, you can do it again um, as per the authority. Sure. So, uh, so that's what we offer as a, as a $25 per. Um, uh, the the next question people ask is, you know, can I get my um, EpiPens? Can I get my highlights? That sort of stuff. Um, the answer is yes. So we can facilitate that for you. Um, we can facilitate, um, you know, making sure you've got your your stock and all that sort of stuff. We we enable placement of that, um, you know, under the under the supervision and authority of a doctor. Um, that that gets placed in, and we, we have sort of compliance systems that um, ensure that you're compliant and that the doctor's safe. And so we we, we facilitate all, all that for you. So in terms of um, onboarding, um, fast and free, um, cost per scripts twenty five, and, and try us out. Um, the um, the adjuncts that you can get through us. Um, um, you know, we, we try to provide a comprehensive kind of back end for that. And, and the last sort of plank that mm -hmm. we offer that we think distinguishes us from others is we're, we're really invested in training. We're really invested in um, career progression for people who work with us. And we think that's really important. So for, for clinics, um, uh, you know, in clinic mentorship for um, both both beginning and advanced features, you know, advanced players um, who want to really up their game. That's something we can offer. Um, nurse training ongoing with our supplying partners and also with, um, uh, you know, boutique and um, exclusive trainings with um, uh, trainers who are partnered with us, you know, and particularly John Holbrook who can offer you know, some really specialised advice and training. So we, we try to offer those kind of planks. Um, we try to be a full suite service. We, try, we, we are cosmetic specialist um we we're dedicated to the cosmetic industry we're dedicated to the improvement of it um we want to work with safe um 
competent clinicians who want to do the right thing by their clients. Um, we're, we're not in the business of cutting corners. We're in the business of doing the right thing. Um, but we want to do that seamlessly. We have a tech solution that makes it really easy for people. Um, if you're having trouble, we're listening. We, we want feedback. We're, you know, we're, we're two guys. We're happy to be, we're happy for you to give us a call, give us an email. Absolutely fine. You know, and we, we really want to build something that works for the industry, lifts the whole thing up. Yeah. And I'm assuming you've got some pretty strict um, standards in terms of if you like, I guess, start working with a provider that you think is not safe or yeah, doing absolutely. things that aren't quite right, do you pretty pretty sort of quick to cut ties with that person or how does that sort of look? I mean, <laughs> so, I'm because for you, it's your brand on the line well, right? Yeah, it's your reputation yeah, yeah, and, right, your, yeah. and your yeah. business. Yeah. Do you, you want to well, uh, talk about that, uh, John? Uh, yeah. I just, sometimes we, we have laughed and, and joked between the two of us, like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could uh, sort of develop this this uh, reputation that you know you don't you don't mess with these guys like you know they like they will cut you off and 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 to be fair actually not very long ago as in within the last couple of weeks there was an issue and it was and our execution was swift yeah right um, yeah we, we, do, we just i mean not to but we don't that, we don't we don't take it um we don't want to be uh, policemen. We're not yep. draconian. Yeah. We appreciate people are skilled practitioners and, and so are we. But we, it is our registration on the line and it's our ability to provide you know, yeah. food for our families, literally. Because it's not only, if something happens in this business, fine, businesses fail all the time. Yeah. But John and I are doctors and we will have our registration suspended and we yeah. can no longer be doctors. Um, so we, we take it seriously. We, we enact compliance seriously. We want to make sure that this business grows long-term so we don't take those short-term cuts. And, yeah. and, and if we need to, sure, we, we'll, yeah. we'll, you know, we'll ensure that our, our standards are um, upheld. Yeah. One strike policy. No, two strike? We'll have a conversation. That's, you know, it's it, we, we take it seriously, but Quality, I but yeah. I think we we also really from all from everyone. I mean, we we want to be approachable. We want to be. I tell all the nurses, but clinics like call me, you know, or and if I don't answer, then call me again because I'm probably in the middle of something, you know. Like yeah. it's so. But we, just to be clear, that's not that's not a, a you know nurse and clinic policy. That's a doctor policy too. Yeah, you know, of we, course, we, anyone, yeah. If if um if any of our nurses are finding that one of our doctors isn't isn't um, performing in the way that they would expect of a in fresh clinics of the brand that we try to uphold, we'd encourage you to, to let us know. Of course. Um, that, that's something we try to enforce across yeah. the board. Absolutely. Great. So how can nurses get in contact with you just once again? Uh, uh, so like John, John's mobile phone number is on the website. Websites are a really great place to start. So that's freshclinics.com.au. Okay, um, and, and then they can uh, onboard. Just, just hit all the information. Just hit the, con yeah. Yeah, hit the contact like, details if you've got questions. Otherwise, onboarding straight away. Yeah, we, we'll get in touch. We've got account, you know, dedicated account managers. Again, um, cosmetic industry specialists. We we get the industry. We get the problems that you face. When you talk to us about your issues, we get it. We know what you're talking about, and we want to adapt and respond to you. Um, so we're we're, in, we're invested. And um, you guys on social media as well, or just website? So so I'm not. Okay, I'm a total luddite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm, I, 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 I'm not. I apologise. So we. I'm in fresh clinics. You, you know, I guess you probably don't have a need for it. Really, it's not really. Well, I th we actually, I think, have an Instagram account, which hopefully we'll <laughs> start posting to. I have my own as well, which I think I post about twice a year. So I. I saw your yearly post the other day. Yeah, I, I put it Congratulations. up. Congratulations. I was, I was uh, the COVID nineteen had, um, had scared away some of my patients and I had free time and I was like, oh, maybe this is what other people do. <laughs> so so the, you touched on probably our, the thing we do the worst is communication, um, you know, outbound um, marketing communication. Yeah. And we're, we're, uh, we are working on that. Yeah, sure. We recognize so our shortcoming and we are trying yeah. to be better. You guess prioritizing what you need to prioritize, yeah. right? Well, also realizing your own skill set because we again, John and I have just done this whole thing ourselves, but neither of us, are, neither of us, of us had our own social media account because we're, we're both probably just well i i not, like not, i you know so, so we had to we had we had to like yeah. uh, get get some specialists involved which we yeah. have so that, that that's coming stay tuned very yeah, good it'll it'll get better did you have any training opportunities that you wanted to discuss or dangle for people yeah so we, we talked about a few but as it's a good opportunity we'll talk about it um with our, our very own uh, Dr. Jake Sloan here is Dr. Jake Sloan. <laughs> imagine that. Is just that. Um, I mean, maybe 
we don't need to get into too much details, but just that it, you know, we talked about some of those bespoke trainings. And, and so um, that's something that we, you and we are going to start offering as well is, um, and you can probably talk a little bit more about that, but the we, that we are really excited about is something to our nurses is the opportunity to have sort of, you know, one-on-one bespoke, whatever you want to call it, masterclass um, level uh, trainings in terms of, you know, um, full facial cosmetics, um, yeah. aesthetics. I mean, it's an early conversation. We still need to nut out the details. Mm. But I think um, there's a constant thirst for for just, you know, different techniques, Absolutely. different products. How does this guy do it? How does that person do it? And so, yeah, and, we, you know, I've sort of, I feel like I'm a pseudo part of your business even though I'm not because I just no, talk are. to you about stuff yeah. every you day and we just throw <laughs> ideas around. But, but you know what's great about about what we're building is it it actually becomes this um, great network of independent injectors in Australia yeah. who who to date haven't doesn't don't seem to have had this kind of unifying Connect um, the dots. connection yeah. and we you know by virtue of us you know having having a you know reasonable market share now and, and hopefully to build we can connect all these independent injectors with all these great services right you know all these wonderful things that that you know we can think of and that we'd, we'd really welcome feedback from from any listener about things that they'd like to see on the website or, or trainings that i'd like to have we can make that happen we've got a, a scale now and a volume and a connection and a connectivity across australia that we can start making some really exciting stuff happen for um, for you know clients who, who want to see that. That's something we can really um, do for people. Absolutely, yeah. That we, that we want to do. I mean, it is part of building something that um, I think that that idea of building something is really exciting. And 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 part of building that is that you build out safety net, uh, networks that we talked about, but it also you know trainings or other you know, ancillary services, and and you build consensus. And it doesn't have to be. It's not about you know, certainly isn't about me, but if, you know, if, if we, we make those connections and we, and we bring people together and we bring professionals together, I mean, that's, that's really great for the individuals. It's great for the industry. It's great for the people receiving, um, the, the patients receiving the treatments. I mean, things are, you, you mentioned, but things are always changing. I mean, cosmetics is exciting from that perspective in that it is, Techniques are moving, they're evolving. People discover new things and, and we share that, you know, yeah. and medicine is a collaborative effort at its core. It is a little bit political sometimes, even in the non-cosmetic space, but it is collaborative. We all go to the same conferences. Um, we all share that information and, and it makes us all better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So if anyone wants more information about John and John and Fresh Clinics. So it's www.freshclinics.com.au. I'm not sure if the www actually works. Is, I should try that. Is, that, is just, that defunct now? You don't need the www I don't think you anymore? need it anymore. Okay, so just freshclinics.com.au. Just, fresh clinics. just, okay. just straight up freshclinics.com.au. We'll keep it fresh. Nice. Keep it fresh. <laughs> Thanks, Thank guys. You. Thank we'll you, gentlemen. Such a pleasure. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. No worries. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by BTL Aesthetics. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, BTL and Gareth have come to us with an amazing offer for anyone out there who is looking to trial the treatment or the equipment for themselves. Jake, can you just remind us what that is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to experience uh, an M-Sculpt or an M-Seller treatment, rather than listening to me droning on about how fantastic it is, uh, you can organize a free session yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So you can reach out to Gareth Pepper directly at pepperg at btlnet.com. That's Pepper, P-E-P-P-E-R-G for Gareth at btlnet.com or www.btlaesthetics.com. For our latest news, upcoming guests and episode topics, follow us on Instagram at inside underscore aesthetics. During the week before every recording, look out for our Instagram stories as we'll give you the opportunity to submit your questions to our guests and get a shout out. You can also DM us for any other information, suggestions or guest requests.